energy, that psychic energy that helps us to open up even deeper and deeper to who we are. And I think that has something to do with it. And then I think just as, you know, you had talked about a minute ago about, you know, Day of the Dead and All Saints Day, like all this energy is circulating around us, really helping us to recognize that, you know what, consciousness is all around, lives on forever and ever. And this is a time that we can access that energy. Hello, and welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast. My name is Tina Conroy. I am so grateful you are here. As a professional intuitive medium, Reiki master, and yoga teacher, my intention is to explore intuition so you can gain clarity, confidence, and trust in your inner wisdom. I honor your spiritual growth. Thank you for listening. Today on the podcast, I have my friend, my teacher, my bestie, Terri-Ann Hyman from the Empowered Spirit Show on the Intuitive Woman podcast. Now, this is a double feature. So this is going to go live on my podcast that you're listening to, and it's also going to go live on the Empowered Spirit Show. So make sure you subscribe to that as well. Terry and I, as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, go way back. She is a dear, beautiful friend of mine and my teacher, and we speak all things spooky. We are going to talk about ghosts. We're going to talk about mediumship. We're going to talk about entities. We're going to talk about walk-ins. We're going to talk about Reiki. We're going to talk about a lot of fun stuff, the veils thinning and all of it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Let's allow ourselves to reconnect, reconnect with our own spirit. Take this moment to settle down. Find a quiet space and find your body in whatever shape or form that is the most relaxed. And once you do that, close your eyes. Take a nice deep breath in and a deep breath out, calling forth our spirit, our spirit guides, our loved ones, masters and guardians and angels to surround us at this time to work with the energies at this time in this season as the veils thin, connecting us deeper to our intuitive, psychic, and mediumistic abilities to connect us to our own spirit and to connect us to our loved ones in spirit and ancestors. Place your hands on your heart Take a nice deep breath in and out. And with your hands on your heart, bring to mind your loved ones. Bring them forward in your thoughts. Call them near. Know they are always with you. Always by your side. Place any intention that you may have, or perhaps any message 
you receive from them. Take it into your heart. And very slowly, bring your attention back. Release your hands from your heart. Gently open your eyes and blessings. Namaste. Let us welcome Tina, the intuitive woman, back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Welcome, Tina. Thank you, Terry, and welcome you back to the Intuitive Woman. I'm so excited we get to do this double spooky feature kind of episode. (laughs) I know. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everybody. I think this is a great time to do this. And I love that it'll be out to all our listeners, to both parties of our listeners. And, And I think that it's just a lot of fun as podcasters to enjoy what we do. And we never did this before. I don't think we've ever done this type of double podcasting type of thing. We did it when we were at Sheet Podcast. Remember, we did something. Oh, right. We did. We were in a little podcasting booth. So big shout out to Sheet Podcast, right? That's right. Yeah, but not quite like this. Yeah. And I love it. And, you know, Tina, as we were talking before we even hit record, like going back to like my time in New York and Port Washington, even really a little bit before I knew you. But really like this time of year and what it brings up and just looking at our growth, not only personally, but even professionally, like how much we have persevered and stuck to it and keep learning our tools and realizing like, wow, not everybody is like us. Like, you know, we take so much of it for granted and that we keep doing our tools and growing and growing and growing and the perseverance of that. And I think that's really something to be said. And I think that's something for even our listeners to hear, like, you know, it does take coming to your practice each and every day and building your skills and trusting what comes in and not being afraid to step forward and really at this time in humanity using these tools. Yeah, absolutely. I also think that you could take this into many areas of life, but I think consistency, staying consistent and, you know, even podcasting, let's take it there. You know, how many people, there's so many podcasts and I love it. And I love more and more podcasters and she podcasters. But the reality is there's a lot of pod feed. You know, people are gung-ho about doing it and then they fade out. They stop doing it. And we do that in so many areas of our life. This is just one. And can we be consistent? And can we come back to us? And can we come back to our practice? And I love the fall. The fall has always been just such a special time for me. I got married in the fall. I had my daughter in the fall. So October, the month of October is a fun month, a beautiful month, a celebratory month. It's also a month that I, you know, I love Halloween and I love all things spooky and fun. And I used to love dressing up. I can't say I dress up anymore, but I do love the whole... I'm a witch every year. Are you? Well, (laughs) I'm already a witch. So I I know, right? It's like, what's the difference? I just put the hat on on Halloween. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. 
I also love the whole concept of the Day of the Dead, you know, and also in different cultures, you know, we have All Saints Day on November 1st. And so, you know, All Souls Day and, and so forth, you know, for my, you know, it all kind of comes together, right? They're always coming together. Yeah, it does. And it does. It definitely, you know, with this time of year, we start to talk about the veils are thinning, you know, which is, you know, one of the reasons I thought about you, like, hey, let's talk about that. Let's go in a little deeper. And I think I mentioned too, like I've shared my story so many times what this time of year represents and how it did start me. It really did on a journey inward. I've talked about this where I lost that baby, you know, more than halfway through a pregnancy and I didn't understand. I was healthy. I was happy. I wanted it. And then, you know, who knows, right? This happens. But it started a curiosity of me going deep within, you know, and I think for many of us, we all have something that maybe starts that. I mean, for the most part, and knowing the work I do, it's generally a crisis. It doesn't have to be, that's for sure. But I think that sometimes that is what happens. But let's talk about that idea of the veils or thinning. How do you see that? So I feel that, you know, spirit and we'll, we'll kind of, that's a very, you know, broad term, but spirit, and I'm kind of encompassing spirit, spirit guides, angels, you know, masters, guardians, loved ones, let's put them all there, that they're always around us. They're always with us. But at this particular time of the year, there is a thinning of the veils or the thinning of the life the mundane world, right? So let's take it for the mundane world. So there's this thinning and there's more of a connection. I believe our intuition is heightened. Our psychic abilities are heightened. Our mediumistic abilities are heightened, which we all have. And so we're very aware of this. I'm going to use the term other world just because I can't think of another term. And so there is a connection to our ancestors. There's a connection to spirit guides, to angels, to otherly beings that are available to us, especially at this time. Yeah, I totally agree. And just to add in a little bit of that, I know that, you know, when we look at the different seasons and stuff, you know, spring, we open up. Summer, we're really open. We're really out there. The days are long, right? And then we start to come into fall and winter. And that's where our energy starts to pull in. And I think that has something to do with it too. We start to pull our energy in. We start to access that inner part of who we are. And then astrologically, let's just throw that in because I love astrology, right? We come into Scorpio season, which is coming up like, you know, like right around Halloween. It is Scorpio season. And Scorpio season is that deep energy, that psychic energy that helps us to open up even deeper and deeper to who we are. And I think that has something to do with it. And then I think just as, you know, you had talked about a minute ago about, you know, Day of the Dead and All Saints Day, like all this energy is circulating around us, really helping us to recognize that, you know what, consciousness is all around, lives on forever and ever. And this is a time that we can access that energy. Yeah. So I totally agree with that. I do. And I think if we go back to, we always speak about energy is energy never dies. Energy just transforms. I was just taking a walk today. And, you know, there are a lot of leaves now on the ground and, you know, I'm in New York, so it's a cooler day and the leaves are coming down. And I kept hearing this message in my meditation a couple of weeks ago as we were entering October and it was like, fall back into you, fall back into you. I kept hearing that probably from my spirit guides or my team of spirit. And when you see all the leaves falling and they're crispy and they're falling down and they're shedding... And then there's this coziness, it's the coolness. You want to come in. I want to put on an extra jacket or blanket. I want to put the fire on. So it is this introspection, this coming back. I do feel that, you know, where summer is this outward and we're playful and the days are longer and the sun is shining. And then it's more of the cozy coming back in. These are the days that I want to stay in bed longer. I want to meditate more. I want to, you know, just soak all those spiritual fun things up because it makes you want to feel, you know, obviously we're creatures to come back into ourselves, like you said. Yeah, I like to fall back into you. I think that's really important, you know? 
And especially right now where we are in the world, like there's so much, you know, chaos and so much trauma and stress in the world and people are shifting and changing, right? And people are forgetting who they are and they're looking at different aspects of themselves and how they're going to go forward in the world. But I think when we always come back into our spirit, into ourselves, to me, that has been my guiding force. I'll speak for myself, but it has been my guiding force. Even when there's been, you know, dark nights of souls on the floor crying, what's going on? There was always that little seed of energy for me that I kept going, okay, after the cries out, after the tears have stopped, like, okay, you can do this there. You can do this, right? You can do this. And I think that's really important for all of us to recognize when we have this practice, when we have this connection to spirit, it can help us in so many ways. So let's actually do talk about that. What you said at the beginning, like spirit's a big word. What do you mean by that? I guess I have like two different terminologies for it. I have spirit, which I would refer to past loved ones. So people that have passed over that have transitioned. I also say spirit, meaning something bigger and greater than me. But I also use the word God. I always do use the word God. And then there's my spirit. So maybe there's another terminology, my spirit, which I would say my inner knowing, my that that place that I know is always there. I call it a she or a soul. So there's kind of a lot of meanings for me. It's that outward spirit. There's also the person in spirit world or spirit coming through. And you know what? I I'm the I'm also as a psychic medium, I don't differentiate between a discarnate soul to an angel to a master and a guardian. I believe as a medium, you're connecting with all of those they're all part of it. Some people, some mediums will say, no, mediumship is only speaking to people that have passed, that have transitioned and died. I believe it's both. But I am really clear when I'm doing a reading, I have your father here. I have your mother here. This sounds and feels like so-and-so. There is a difference than saying, I'm getting this from my spirit guide, your spirit guide, an angel. I think there's a different energy and only you know that when you play with it. So yeah, I think to get back to your question, Spirit for me has many different terminologies and that's how I would do it. So my spirit in the other world and then there's like spirit, God and all that work. Wow, that sounds like craziness, doesn't it? No, but it's true. And I agree. <laughs> okay. I think there's many words for spirit. And I agree. I talk about like the human spirit, you know, like my spirit coming in, connecting to the human spirit within me, which is a part of our soul. And our soul is what transitions through all of life, which carries through. So our soul empowers that part of the human spirit. But then there's the greater spirit. And sometimes I'll say creator, God, universe. I've just recently kind of started embracing the word God again. Like for a long time, because religion to me is just, especially in the South, religion is just such a huge institution of boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. And it's just so judgmental in many of them. Okay, I can't say all, you know, I don't want to be that judgmental either. But, you know, so for me, I had to really start to learn how to embrace the word God, you know. But to me, it's the same. God, divine, source, you know, again, creator. So I really think it just really depends on your own interpretation. But there is that greater field of energy. There is that greater source. Right. And so I agree. That's how I see it, too. And then on the mediumship, too. Yeah, I think that's something that I have grown and studied and learned about more and more and more. It's like, yeah, it means a lot of things. And for many, many years, I only thought of medium as those that connect to the deceased. Right. But I have had several people. I know Marilyn was on the show not too long ago, Marion Aloria. And we had a big conversation around spirit guides and spirit and mediums and how she saw it, too. And I agree with exactly what you're saying. We we're that vessel that brings those messages through. So I think that's a really great way to look at it. Definitely. So moving right along, what about ghosts? 
This is always so interesting. So I have to say, as I started this journey into mediumship, what I thought and what I think now has changed. And I will say always, it's like being a mom, you know, and saying, my child will never do that. You know, never say never. So I'm always open for experience and this could change again. But I really believed in ghosts and hauntings. And I was the type of person that was afraid. I was really, you know, fearful that there were these ghosts there were these, yeah, ghosts and hauntings and they were around or they would be haunting us or trying to get us or all of this. What my understanding is now is that a ghost is really what's left of a kind of a imprint of a spirit, right? So somebody, let's use it as like a haunted house, right? Somebody goes in and there's been something that's happened in the house. Normally, right, there's there's a lot of people that will investigate and do a paranormal investigation. And these houses normally have had some pretty tragic things happen in them. And so people have passed on, people have transitioned and probably not in the best of way. And so what happens is these ghosts or what they're picking up are imprints, but they're not the actual spirit. I don't believe that spirit is really here to hurt us and to harm us. It may be an imprint because the energy is on a loop. They call it a loop. So it's there. And so people may actually feel it or sense it. And I won't even go down the whole paranormal route, but I don't believe in ghosts in the sense of like, you think of ghosts as scary and I'm not afraid of spirit world or spirit at all. Matter of fact, that has changed dramatically. I, If someone ever said to me years ago, you're going to connect to people that have passed, I would have been scared for whatever reason, I guess my upbringing to some degree in movies, really. But I'm not afraid because they only, from my experience, every time spirit comes through, they're in loving, they're messages. It's completely different. I'm not really afraid of spirit world. If anything, I'm afraid of the human, right? It's it's what we've done. The human people. I mean, look at the, some of the stuff the human have done, right? Like that's what I'm more afraid of. I'm not really afraid of, <laughs> yeah, of spirit. Yeah. So I don't want to say that there's not ghosts because I, you know, I don't want to say never say never, but in my, in my feeling, it's an impression of spirit or it's on a loop and it's an energy. So now people will say, well, I've seen a ghost or I've seen, you know, a apparition. So I do feel that you can sense spirit in many different ways. But the majority of people, and I believe like you and I, see spirit objectively, not subjectively. So objectively is usually in our mind. And that's the majority of psychics and mediums. It's in the mind's eye, in the mind's eye. Very few and some will see it objectively, which is literally like I'm seeing you. But it is it is possible. That is not me. I don't see a whole form. I think sometimes people see it in shadows and light sometimes, too, like a shadows and light will move and stuff like that. But I have to say this. I remember one time, guys, this goes back to early when I was back in Birmingham and I had a couple of people in my Reiki class and they invited me to their mediumship class. And so we're sitting in a circle and I was pretty new to mediumship, right? I haven't really that much studied it, but you know, hey, I go for experiences. But um, I was sitting there and so we were starting our centering and our eyes were closed. And the next thing I heard was a real stomp, stomp, stomp. And in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I'm really going to see dead people. I'm going to see dead people. It turned out it was the woman's husband that just happened to walk in at the same time. But in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, you know, I think that we can have humor for sure, amusement about it. But I get the question, too, when people say, like, if I'm talking to them about, you know, coming into my private mentoring, let's train your intuition. No, no, I don't want to see dead people. I get that all the time. But I think we train to see what we want. And I will say, if you are getting messages, that is a gift to be trained. Like, that is something that you're already tuning into. And I know we kind of go into, quote, unquote, gift. But if you are bringing those messages in and you're able to see them in your dreams, that is something that can be trained. 
so you don't have to be afraid of, just like you were saying. And I think that's really important to understand as well. But I think working, you know, in that world of, you know, when people are doing the mediumship and people are going into haunted houses, there's somebody here doing healings now in houses, you know, uh, one of my peers, one of my associates, right? But I think that we have to keep good intentions in mind. And one of the things that is a big discussion too, and I think I kind of, I think a lot of people get it from what's a television show with Ghost Whispers, I think it is with Jennifer... I think it is Ghost Whispers. She owns the antique shop and then the Ghostville come in. And James Van Prague actually is part of the producing of the show. But lots of times they talk about spirits that haven't crossed over or ghosts. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Oh, that's such a big topic. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, like, you know, I know one of my clients has been like connecting with, you know, like a woman that has passed. And I don't think she's still there. I think like she's just bringing messages and she's checking out her husband who hasn't passed. And so how do you feel about that? Do you think they're stuck in a realm or not necessarily? No, I don't think they're stuck. And I did. I used to. Again, something else, right? I believe that when we die, the moment we die, we go from here to there, whatever there is. I don't think there's a transition. I don't think there you're stuck. I don't know if you ever, did you ever hear the term rescue mediums? I don't think so. But I will say in my training for death, we talk about a 30 day transition, especially in the Tibetan Po where there is the transitioning and that's where you do all the intense praying and clearing of energy and keep people, you know, and just like really pray for their soul. So I will say with that, I've always been trained. I've been trained, not always, but I've been trained to think that there is that 30 day of transition. But anyway. I mean, I can't honestly know, right? When you really come down to it. But in my experience, I've been able to connect. There's a couple things. So one, I do believe that we go from this plane to the next plane very seamlessly. I don't think anybody is stuck I don't think these rescue mediums that are actually saying, I'm a rescue medium, it's actually called, and they actually try to get your loved ones to get unstuck, to find the light, to find the light. I believe we, we cross and we're in the light. Now, I'm not saying your teaching of the Tibetan teaching of the 30 days, it might be, yes, healing their soul, but I still don't think they're stuck. No, I don't think they're stuck either. No, I don't think they're stuck either. I think there is a transition period though, but we'll never know how long that is. The other thing which is really interesting, and it's happened to many people that I know, is there's this also this other people will say you can't connect with someone that's just passed. Like if someone's just passed, you need to give them time to get over there to communicate back to you. I don't believe with that either, because I've seen firsthand someone that's just recently passed. And when I say recently passed, it's not a day or an hour, but I just haven't had that opportunity. But pretty relatively, they are able to communicate with us. But I will say it's hard for the person receiving the information if they're in deep grief, because that's harder. But I don't I agree think with the that. Spirit, the person in spirit cannot connect with us, right? It's just that the person trying to relay the information. So I don't think anybody's stuck. I don't think anybody needs to be saved. I don't think anybody needs to be rescued. I don't believe in a rescue medium. I don't believe in that they need to be crossed over. I don't. And I believe that we were right there. And so that changed for me. And I will say for me in the work that I do, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I do help prepare bodies for the temple. And so I help prepare. And so I'm pretty much in there pretty soon after people pass, especially in the Jewish culture, the Jewish tradition, like it, that funeral there, it's like 24, 48 hours, right? So I am there. And I will say, I'm not really supposed to talk a lot about this because it's a very sacred preparation and teaching, but I will say that I can like sense that spirit, like right above, like the soul. It's really like the soul. It's like hovering in there. And I feel like that whole energy coming around and like, there's just like this whole community that's in the room with us. And that's within again, 24, 48 hours. It's pretty soon, but I don't, I agree with you. I don't feel anything is stuck at all. I feel like it's like this blessed 
moment, right, of preparation and just like the goodbyes. And it's almost like this circular energy, you know, lifting them up and stuff. But I have had some pretty amazing feelings and revelations. And, you know, as I do that work, it's been pretty interesting to really work in that kind of way. It's really interesting. I mean, I don't have that experience. You know, I recently, you know, now that I've been doing this work more regularly, you know, in our faith is the wake, right? So it could be days and sometimes it can be longer because of the family members. And, you know, it's so interesting. I just recently went to a wake and it was somebody like a friend of her friend. So I wasn't that close to the person, but it was really interesting because as I kind of entered the room, I know they're not there in the body. It was so interesting because whereas a kid, I would have maybe been afraid again, but there it was, I could feel the mourning of the people and so forth. But I didn't, I knew that that body is the vessel. I know that our spirit lives on. It was interesting. Instead of feeling like connected, I almost felt like, oh, you know, like I don't go to cemeteries for myself. I feel connected to my family members. I love the cemetery where my parents are buried. I love it. I do. Yeah. But I don't feel like I need to go there because I know they're always around me, but I like to go there. Does that make sense? So like, it's sort of like I like, I don't go to church anymore, but sometimes I'll walk into church just because it feels good, right? So it's that feeling that you can, I can always speak to God. I can always connect, but it does feel good to have that sacred space. So the question is, yeah, I don't think anyone's stuck. I don't think anyone needs to be saved. I don't think anybody needs to be rescued. I think that we transition right away and we can commune right away. It's just a matter of the other person. They are, we're grief, we're grieving. So it's hard for us to kind of listen to that information. Yeah, something you said too, I want to comment on, because I, I had a little chuckle there. It's like, when I want to really connect with my mom, I actually do go sit in the temple or I go to the cemetery, but really it's like the temple. And when I want to connect with my dad, it's like the land out at the medicine wheel. Go up there and I just like, you know, talking to my dad the whole time. But there is something to be said about the energy of the cemetery and where they are buried and how beautiful it is and bringing a rock there. That's what we do in the Jewish culture. You know, you bring a rock. And yeah, there is something to be said about that. I'm not like one that goes to many other cemeteries, though. Yeah, I grew up, you know, when I was little, we weren't big on cemeteries. You had the wake, you had the burial, like that was basically it. And then obviously I started dating Michael at 16 and they were big on cemeteries, big Italian family. And like everybody went all the time. It was anniversary and birthday. And I was like, what the heck? And I remember going home at like 16, 17. I'm like, oh, we went to the cemetery. My dad's like, what's the thing with the cemetery? Why do you keep going to the cemetery? (laughs) And to this day, my husband and my brother-in-law go for the wreath, you know, for Christmas and go. And I'm always like, I wasn't grown up like that. Like, you were there and that was it. You know, it's just an upbringing and it's if it brings you feel good and it brings you connected to them. Why not? I was actually doing, you know, in the winter when I talk about the medicine where we talk about our ancestors and some do some healing. So I was doing some personal healing at the beginning of the year. And I remember one day actually going and sitting, laying on the ground between my parents and just trying to heal some of the energy with me. And just really being able to tap into it, I felt like there was something about the generations and the ancestors and all that energy that I was searching for. And I actually got some pretty interesting messages, I will say. Yeah. So now let's go a little bit deeper. Let's talk about the idea. I don't even know what you think about this, but let's talk about it. Uh, Something I've studied in my energy medicine work with Cindy Dale, but entities, walk-ins, entities. Walk-ins, entities. I don't think I've truly ever experienced an entity. I've had people that be like, I have an entity or I have an attachment or, you know, they've said that. But it's really interesting because 
again, I don't want to say that they're not real, but for me and my experience, people that feel they have entities or feel they have attachments or even a walk-in are very low vibration, right? So they're either in a very difficult state. They might have some mental illness. They might be going through depression. They may be drugs and alcohol. Yeah. The things that are really going to bring your, your kind of vibration down and then living in that vibration and feeding on that vibration it's open to that, right? You're open to those things. Plus, the more we know this, right? The more we focus on something, something grows, right? So even as simple as we focus on like, I get this a lot too. I don't know if you get this. I'll get someone and say, all these bad things are happening to me. So I feel like there's, I have a curse on me or I'm walking around and this is happening. This is happening to me. And I'm like, okay, how if we switch your thinking? So you're expecting something bad to happen. You're expecting that this is gonna happen. You're waiting for that you're putting all your attention in this negativity that all these things are going to happen to you and bad things are going to happen. And guess what? They will because that's your attention. So let's shift that attention, even if we can do a little bit, little percentage into something good and say, look at all the positive that's happening. So it is about intention, right? It's always about intention. Again, I think the entity and the walk-in when we're in a low vibration, we're very susceptible to a lot of different feelings. And then is it really an entity? I can't tell you because I haven't seen that. Is there an entity that comes into the body in an attachment? I don't know. I haven't seen that. But it gives yourself available to it if you're in a low vibration. So what I would say is, even if we don't talk about entities and walk-ins, if you keep your vibration high, then you won't need to know. <laughs> Maybe that's the yeah. best thing to say. There you go. I love that. I don't know. You've done a little work with it though. I have done some work with it and we did study it when I was taking uh, apprenticing with Cindy Dale. So we definitely talked about it. It was definitely something that we all looked at. And I do think it's real. I do. But I also think it's up to you, the person, to really take responsibility for their energy. So there is a little difference with a walk-in and I'm really just kind of trying to wrap my head around it because I, I haven't had a lot of experience, but something I've studied and seen a little bit, but and recently I had something that's like, oh, walk-in, you know. But walk-in energies have a little bit to do of like an energy that walks in like maybe early in life or maybe your own soul kind of switched its idea of what it wanted. And so an entity, a walk-in comes in and then at various stages of life, it can actually reappear and show up and all. But it comes in because like you were saying, you know, we have these little holes or tears in our energy field from low vibration. Right. And so that's where, again, if you feel this energy coming in or you feel some of this it is important that you start to like contain it, talk to it. Right. So I think it's one thing when people say, Oh, these bad things are happening. There must be a curse. I think that's a little different. And you and I both are Reiki, you know, masters. So we don't even get into the idea of bad energy, curses, spells, you know, and there is black magic. There is, I don't get involved with it. Right. And so I think that's a different thing, but I think if somebody feels like they're, they have this entity or this force of energy within them that really is kind of opposite or lower vibration, like you could talk to it. You can ask, what are you representing? Why are you here? And then you start to contain it. And I remember one time Cindy Dale saying like, they won't lie. If you ask what it's there for, they will not lie. And then you'll find where the source and the purpose is. And then you contain that. And then you release it out of your energy field. But then you also have to maintain a higher vibration because when we let those vibrations open up and we let those lower things come in, we start using the vices and we start really lowering our vibration. I mostly see it with like drugs, alcohol, worry. I don't know. I think it's more the vices really that I see it with because then our vibration is very low. Fear, that's a good one to bring it in, right? When you're really fearful, especially in the world right now. So then this energy comes in. But when you lift your vibration, when you raise your vibration and you create the strength of that, I think you can work with it 100%. 
and help to release it out even for good. Right. But I think, you know, like even we talked about at the beginning of the show, it's like, we all have a responsibility to our system. We all have a responsibility to our spirit. We really do. And so if you're having trouble with it or your vibration is low and look, I'll be really honest. There are days when sometimes I go, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, I just feel like I'm a little depressed. It's like, okay, Terry, I'm responsible for that. I can't blame anybody else. I can go, okay, wonder what sign the moon's in, but you know what? Ultimately, it's still up to me to lift that vibration for whatever it is. Right. And many times because I'm super sensitive and it's like all those emotions and start to affect my brain, you know, my mind. Right. And start telling myself about the emotions. That's when, okay, I need to do some clearing. I need to do some grounding. I need to really work with my fields to really clear it out. But I think each and every person can do that. I really do. I do too. And I think that that's the big thing that you said. I love that because you said responsibility. And I think we all have a responsibility. And, you know, I love this like happiness is an inside job. Right. Like, listen, we're not all going to wake up and it's going to be rainbows and unicorns and everything's wonderful. And there's going to be days we want to blame everybody else but us. And we want to, you know, we can do that, right? And we can say, you know, we really can do that. There are things that are true, real life things that are happening that are not fun, you know, that are difficult. I mean, it is what it is. But we can work on that, understand that, shift our vibration, work on it and know that the lows aren't so low. Right. And I think that when we do the journey and we do the work that you and I are speaking about, we're going to have our ups and downs, or at least I know I have. But hopefully my downs, my lows are not going to be as low or not going to stay as low. I'm not going to stay there as long. And I'm going to be able to pull myself back up. And listen, when I have a bad day or an emotional day, I also want to feel it. I don't want to, you know, poo poo and placate it and say like, oh, feel good and be happy. It's okay. No, I feel really sad and I feel really angry or whatever it is. I want to feel the feel. But I have the opportunity in my practice to not be there so long to kind of let it ride through my system and then bring myself back up or whatever you want to say. I'm using this up and down. I don't stay there as long. I think I know I can affirm this that without this practice that I have, and it looks different every day, but it's basically it's still a practice that I wouldn't be able to live the life I'm living and have the outlook that I have and the beauty that I have. And even in the darkness and the difficulties, be able to not stay there that long. And I think that's the thing. It's getting yourself out of it quicker, but feeling it too. I think that's important. Yeah, I agree. I keep hearing myself say, Tara, feel the feelings, feel the feelings, because I've been doing a little emotional eating lately. You know, it's like, yeah. And so it's like, okay, what is this about? You know, and luckily I'm aware of the emotional eating. So then I come in and I say, okay, what is this about? Feel the feelings, Tari. And I agree. We can't bypass it. Feel the feelings. Just feel it. Drink some water. Feel the feelings, you know, and that helps me to really process what I'm going through. And I am, you know, admittedly going through lots of shifts and lots of changes. I've got a big goal for myself for this next year. And it's like, yeah, I just want to get to the goal, <laughs> right? But we can't, like, right? It's a big lesson for me to know that part of it is the journey to get there. So for me, I agree. It's like, feel those feelings. Just feel them. Don't bypass them, you know, even if like, you know, my dinner's my happiest part of the day, right? Okay, enjoy the dinner, but maybe that's not the happiest part. Feel the feelings, you know, that kind of thing. But I think that is what will keep our vibration high and our vibration clear. And I think then there's, of course, lots of other fun things, you know, the crystals you have around your house and, you know, selenites and saging and just really keeping a sacred space going. I think all of these things will contribute to the vibration of your spirit, especially, you know, if we look like it, at it in like the scale of consciousness and frequency and all that's how we want to keep that spirit up so that we don't create these little holes or tears in our energy field to invite things in that we don't want. You know, we always hear, you know, like attracts like, you know, we saw this during COVID, all the fear in the world, everybody and that virus was carrying fear, you know, and all this energy was coming in. 
So we have to be the ones to lift that vibration on a daily basis, daily basis. Look how fast the world is moving now. Everything is moving so fast. So if you think, oh, I'm going to clear my chakras, you know, one day and it's going to last for the next year. Right. No, <laughs> no, no right? absolutely. No. We're moving so fast that it has to happen on a regular basis and it has to happen daily. It can't just happen, you know, occasionally. Yeah. So let's raise the vibration. Let's talk about guides now. Oh, guides, guides. So I love guides. I love the whole like concept of guides, but I'll have to say that I also, I do want to say this. I don't feel like you have to know all your guides. You have to know your guides names or anything like that to even do any mediumship or connect with your loved ones. So when I directly connecting with them, I don't really use my guides to connect with them as a middleman. Some mediums do. But for me, it's just a team of spirit. It's it's knowing that they're there. It's knowing I know I now have two guides and I've worked, you know, kind of like took me time to kind of find their names and to play with them through signs and symbols and channeling. White Feather has been one that I actually found with you. Actually, I don't think you ever knew this. So it was way back when in your healing studio. And I, I remember one of the meditations and there he was. And I didn't have a name for him. He was just an Indian chief for years and he looked the way he looked. And then years later, I found his name or he finally told me his name. And then most recently I have, um, and for me, he is, they come in, I have two right now, but I could have more, but he's really a protector. He's sort of like, you're good. You're good. Like stay on this path. We got you. That kind of thing. My most recent spirit guide, her name is Marigold. And I found her or she, I think I've always had her, but I kind of found her name when I was in Lilydale under a trans mediumship workshop. She's more for the collective. So she really comes in for like the world and the beauty and the nature and the animals. She's really big about that. So she's really there for me, but she's to remind me that I'm part of something bigger and greater. And when she speaks through me, it's really about the big picture. It's about the animals. It's about nature. It's about the earth. It's about the world. And then how I can relate to it or how I can help. It's more of a very bigger, different spirit guide where he's very personal and more of a guide, a protector or sort of like being on a path. They're very different. They have different roles. But even that, sometimes I just know they're with me. I just know I just say spirit guides are with me. So yeah, I love that. My main two that are my work healing guides, I should say, the ones that work with me when I do healings and energy work and energy medicine, I don't know their names. And I was just talking about this with one of my clients. We were working on guides the other day and I was like, I don't even know their names. I wonder if I should like tune into that. But they still help me. And one, my Indian chief must know your Indian chief because I have one too that's got that, you know, and that one goes way back. I mean, Catherine and I were working with that one for a long time when she would feel it and I would feel it. And then I have a little Chinese man that runs around helping me clean up the work, anything I miss, you know, right behind me. So those are like the ones that I do when I'm on my table or on my chair or working in the energy hands-on work, that kind of stuff. But then I have my personal guides. One of them, as I kind of alluded to, was, you know, this little baby spirit that I lost back when I was, you know, my 30, right? And it kind of grew up. And then I had a, another encounter with it really big a few years ago. I guess it's been about six, seven, eight years ago now. But when I was here in Birmingham, that is still with me now. And I always go like this. I always go above my head like she's right there and reminds me to be present. And when I was really sick at the end at the beginning of the year with my asthma and my sinuses and all that, like she was so strong with me is like, slow down, be present. And now that I'm better and I catch myself running around, she, she'll come right in, Terry, you know? And so she does, she slows me down. So she's there. And then I also have my spiritual team of business advisors. You know, I'm in the Kashuk records, you know, I have my own little room I go into and I have my whole table 
And I have to laugh because just the other day I decided I am surrendering to them right now <laughs> instead of me giving them jobs like, OK, I am just going to surrender. Right. And so I just feel like there's also to that ability to feel that guidance from above. And we don't always have to know every single thing. And we can bring them in ourselves. We can make them up if you want to look at that. You know, Brian Weiss always told me, like, if you feel like even if you're making it up, it's somewhere in your consciousness. Right. So I think we can bring it in and we can assign names, but I do believe it is that connection, right? That commitment to showing up and calling them in and working with them and gratitude for what they have to say and also paying attention to what they have to say, right? Yeah, it's so true. And you know, it's funny because as you're talking, I'm like the same thing. I don't think about it when, until you just said it. I have helpers. I call them my spirit helpers when I give Reiki but I don't know their names. I just know that I'm being guided and I have them there. I know it feels like more than one, but I don't know their name and I don't really need to know their name. I just know that they're there. And it's the trusting, you know, I may have said this before and I love this. This is not mine. I did a mentorship with Medium Fleur and she always said, and it made so much sense. She said, suspend disbelief. And when you suspend disbelief, then you're able to really just allow it because that's what's holding us back. Our ego, our mind, our human brain. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. And I like that suspend disbelief. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about like turn the analyzer down or have it's okay to have a little discernment, but move beyond that. Right. It really is. And I think that's, you know, lots of times what happens is that people go, oh, I made that up. It's not real. It can't be. It's not possible. Right. And sometimes I think two people are looking for more like glorified guides. And instead they're getting like something that seems very like common or, or it's just like a feeling or something. Oh, it can't be that. Right. But I think we have to encourage our guides to come in. And I think when we have that ability, it's kind of like what we learned with the angels. We could talk about the angels, like angels just want to bring you love and joy. All you have to do is call them in and they bring so much love and joy. And I think it's the same thing. And angels can be your guide as well. Right. I love the angels. I love the angels of the healing field. And it's like they show up. They can be archetypes. They can be guides. They can bring love and joy right into your heart. So how are you with that? I know we kind of trained with uh, similar, you know, Stephen Thayer's work. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And again, like as you're talking, I'm like, what am I talking about? I have so many guides. I have so many helpers. Yeah, your room is full all of a sudden. <laughs> I know my air, my room is full. I'm always calling in the angels. I'm always calling in the angels. I love Stephen Thayer's work. I really do. And I'm always, I always call in like, probably for me, I call in Archangel Michael, Raphael and Gabriel. I'm always calling them in for me. And that's really personal too. A lot of times it's when I'm really having a hard time and really need some prayer, really need some guidance. You know, it's like, okay, okay, angels, you know, and I feel like those three for me really come in as a powerhouse, you know? Terry, we've come a long way. I know. I remember our first training. Yeah, right. Yeah. With uh, Doreen Virtue's son and Maria. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we have, we really have. But yeah, I love the angels too. It was funny because I'm thinking, well, I definitely call in Michael protection, but I actually call in Celestina a lot of times for my own pride and self-worth, something I've been working on. Sarah, ease and effortlessness, right? We call in, I always used to laugh with my mom anytime we couldn't find anything, right? And lately. I was like finding shit sometimes. It's like, okay, Shamwell, Archangel Shamwell. And she called my Terry, what's that angel? And sure enough, you know, there it comes. But I think it's the same idea. It's building that connection. And, you know, like even from the study and the work that we've done, it's like when you start to feel that, you know, it's like this awareness that comes into the body, like this sensation, maybe, or you hear it or see it or feel it. However you bring it in, there is that moment when it shifts. Right. When you're not working in the logical 3D world, all of a sudden it shifts. And so that's the awareness that we tune into. 
And that's the awareness and the ability to hold that and stretch it out longer and longer and be in that vibration. And, you know, and I just, I challenge sometimes my clients and, you know, and I'll challenge, you know, those that are listening to like, how long can you hold the awareness of your angels with you? How long can you say, my dear, like hold the idea of like being really focused as humans, it's less than the attention of a goldfish, right? So it's like, yeah, that's the practice that we constantly come back to that vibration, hold that energy and like really start to extend it. You know, it's interesting. It maybe there's a reason for me to share this, but when I first started really learning the mechanics of mediumship, because I think everybody has the ability and just the mechanics of it, I'll say, is that I didn't realize that which is silly because I was told this all the time, you know, the boundaries and, you know, we have the body, they have the spirit. But for me, what I do is when I send, I actually have, I feel spirit come in. So this is my left side. So I have spirit coming on the left side if I'm doing a reading. So this is spirit, this is discarnate souls, deceased loved ones are over here. And I position that way so I can know. And then I have like angels on this side. So these are more like spirit guides and angels, right? And so for me, it's just a matter of putting them in a place, mental compartments in the brain to make it somewhat helpful to me so that this is spirit coming in, right? And then this is my spirit guides, their spirit guides, you know, all of that. And it helps me kind of put them in a place. And I, a lot of that I've kind of learned through teachings and through helping because all of a sudden it gets really messy in my head you know, and they're using my brain and I have to differentiate, okay, wait, is this his dad talking or is this Archangel Michael talking? And I can actually start to feel, it takes time, but I can feel and sense the difference. There is a difference feeling when I connecting with spirit guides and angels and I am connecting with someone's past loved one. Don't ask me how it feels because that will be really hard to explain. No, and I agree. And, and I think it has to do with vibration. You know, I think it does. And I remember very early on just having that feeling like when I would always go like this. I know you can't see me on the air, but like I would take my hands and go like in between, you know, the fields of energy. I always felt like there was this portal of energy. That would be for mediumship. And then up here, the same idea for angels. You know, I think that's a great example of why we train and how we can train and how we can learn and how we can set it up. I always refer, go back to my photography because I was a film photographer student. You didn't waste film. I'll tell you that much. So we always had to take notes. So as you start to increase your awareness and learn and train, you take your own notes. Right. And then with the help of teachers, they can help you, you know, compartmentalize or put it where it needs to be. But ultimately, you know, we do our own work. And so we take our own notes and we really begin to really tune into where we're processing energy, where we're bringing it in, where we're letting it go. And so I think there is, you know, a lot to be said for what you've just offered that. Yeah, that's what training will do. So you're not going, well, I don't know. I'm getting all these messages. I don't know. I know I'm getting messages, you know, but no, it's like, OK. And then the more you train, which you've proven over and over with all the work you're doing now, right? It's like, yeah, the more you train, the more you get more proficient and more, you know, really good at what you're doing and trusting, you know, for sure. Thank you. And I also think that the development path, you're always developing, right? We're always learning. We're always growing this day to the next day, this year to the next year. And I know that my unfolding, my learning, my developing is going to be ongoing. It's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. I just don't see it stopping. And I welcome it. I welcome learning. And, you know, even today, I did a reading earlier uh, for a gentleman and his grandfather was coming in through spirit. And it's so funny, they'll show me different things. And I'm like, Oh, wow, that was really clever. So like, then I learned from that, you know, and just different things, you know, he was showing me right now, it's the baseball playoffs, right? So he was using my frame of reference. So it's the baseball, you know, playoffs. And he kept showing me the Boston Red Sox. And then he kept showing me baseball. And then he showed me him, this gentleman I was reading as a little boy. And anyway, make a long story short, there was a whole connection between Boston, 
there was a connection with, he was a coach. He was a baseball coach, the person I was reading. And then grandpa used to sit with him and it was like a whole thing, right? And it's like, where did I get that from, right? I just pull it out of my head. No, he was dropping in thoughts that mental mediumship work. So let's go Mets, you know? No, <laughs> no let's go Yankees. <laughs> We're Come Mets on, today's Mets. game one. Let's go. No way. Come on. Yeah. I've been up my too many hours. <laughs> still a diehard. I'm telling you, I never thought he'd leave New York. And here he is in uh, San Francisco and still a diehard Mets fan. How funny. Yeah. Well, it is all fascinating. And I think that, you know, looking back on how much our growth we have gone through, I did want to just kind of say that one of the things that I think has been instrumental in both of our lives is learning Reiki and learning how you can have the ability to tap into your own energy field through Reiki. Now, Reiki is not going to necessarily have you go be a medium or be an intuitive or any of that, but Reiki is going to teach you what the subtle body feels like. And I think that's such a big part of having a spiritual practice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely, without a doubt. And you're absolutely right. You know, anyone who's interested in learn Reiki, don't learn Reiki because you want to be a medium or because you want to be a psychic or because you want to do Akashic Records. That may be a byproduct, but to really learn your energy field, to work with it. You know, I think, unfortunately, Terry is that so many people want to do Reiki 1 and do Reiki 2 and do Reiki 3, but they haven't even mastered Reiki 1. They haven't even worked with themselves. I actually had somebody recently, and I know this is a little bit off tangent, but it's really not. She did Reiki 1 with another teacher. I'm holding a Reiki 2 and she wanted to do Reiki 2. And I said, well, you know, I wait, there's a 21 day period. She wasn't even doing the 21 day period. Her teacher doesn't teach that. And I was like, what? What do you mean? And it's not a right or wrong, but like, I feel it's so important. Those 21 days, invest in yourself, do your self-care, do your self-care, do your self-care, do it, you know, and don't stop after 21 days. So to really, nothing's mastered, but work with it. And then is your spirit calling you to do the next level or not? Maybe it's not right now. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. And Reiki will not necessarily lead you into other kind of intuitive work unless you want to. But if you are bringing in messages and you are tuning in, I mean, we always say Reiki will open up your Reiki intuition, we call it, right? So it will, but you still have to tune into it. But I do want to just bring this message out. If you are receiving messages and you're getting, you know, those that have passed and you are being able to do your dreams, study learn. We need people out in the world helping everybody right now. There's so much trauma that needs to be processed. And a lot of trauma comes from early past or comes from family generational energy. And this is how we can get to it. We can start to understand what is that family bringing in? What are those quote unquote ghosts of the past that are coming in that's really affecting you right now in order to move on? And, you know, look, I'll admit, I've been the first to admit all the work I've been doing this last year. You know, my own trauma and my own family stuff and just trying to break through and using every single tool that I can get to to help me understand my own path right now. Right. And I think it's really important in our own self. I've said this many times. I think the thing, the greatest thing everyone can do right now is their own self-healing. So it is important that we really access this and, and people really understand that you can learn and you can train and it's one step at a time and just notice what you notice, but really tune in to that part that we don't see. It's not always about what's in the 3D visible world. Yeah. And what I would also say to that is if you're getting the messages, like Terry said, and you're feeling that lean into it, but there is also, I would say a way about it, right? So, you know, I think in the beginning, get those messages and write them down and journal them and in your dreams, but there is a way of having, you know, you want to have some boundaries around them too. You know, you don't just walk up to anybody and say, Hey, grandma's with you. There really has to be a very clear way. You know, you wouldn't open someone's house and walk into their house uninterrupted. I wouldn't want someone to come up to me and tell me, you know, if someone's not asking, don't give it. 
It really is important. It's just, again, it's energy. There is the process of everything's new and it's exciting, but they may not want the message and it's not yours to give unless they want it. Be really mindful of that. It's not the movies. It's not, I'm just going to stand, go up to somebody in the supermarket and say, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's not right. I just really frown upon it. Yeah, I agree. And it makes me really irritating. When people say, oh, I just, I, you know, I have this message for you. You know, like I see this and like, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, I don't know you and I'm not inviting you into my energy field. And I do, I agree. I think it's very irresponsible, you know, and like, we're not the nine one ones of healing because we're in this field. We still have, you know, ethics and we still have integrity for what we do. And I think that's really important. And just taking it even onto Instagram and all the scams, because I know you got it. I know I had it before, but it's like, that's not what we're about. We're not about interrupting people and say, oh, I was thinking about you today. Would you like this beautiful message? No, 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 no. That is not what it's about at all. And so having integrity is really important. And that is actually something that Reiki teaches us, you know, having the integrity and really having those principles to go on. And I think that that's really important when you're doing any kind of work, especially when you're working with somebody else's energy. Like, you know, I mean, like even when we do the Reiki attunements, like we have a responsibility to know our work and what we're doing. And I think the same goes for mediumship, for guides, even, I mean, I'm an Akashic record reader, same idea. And in fact, built into the whole Akashic record is that permission. Like we need permission. I can't just go even in preparation for people's coming in, even though they've given me that until I actually get them to give me that, you know, permission. Like I still, I can bring in an ideas as I'm in meditation, but really when you open the records, it's gotta be the, you know, them that are the doing permission. it. Yeah. The permission, permission to open the records. Yeah. You know, the other thing I see a lot, unfortunately with Reiki, and I'll get it from people that have maybe had other Reiki sessions is they, they have, and again, this is a kind of like relatively new to me. They'll have had Reiki treatments, but they're really not a Reiki treatment. They've been a psychic reading, a full on psychic reading. It's happening a little bit less and less to me now, but they'll come in and I'll, you know, do the Reiki. And, you know, we know Reiki is not to treat or to heal. It's to, you know, we all know what it is. Balance. And, and so they'll say, so, you know, they look at me and they say, well, my last Reiki teacher told me, da, 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 da. I'm like, well, that's the way they work per se. I'm not saying I don't give a message here. I'm not saying that, but this was like a full on 40. I'm like, you know, that's not the way I work. You know, I work with the energy of Reiki and, and, you know, I was explaining it like, let's keep Reiki Reiki, you know, <laughs> let's keep Reiki Reiki. And yes, there's going to be messages. I'm sure you work with clients and the more that we see people on a weekly basis, it's a little different, but they came in with this whole idea that I was going to give them a full on psychic reading about their life and their finances and grandma and grandpa. And I'm like, no, it's not really like that, you know? So it's, it really gets very muddled a little bit. It does. And I will say I am in my Reiki classes now, my certification classes, I actually address that. And I'm saying this is what Reiki practicing is about. Reiki giving Reiki sessions. It's not about, you know, giving the readings, giving the information. Now, I will say that in my work now, I pretty much have put my sessions more because I've been studying energy medicine, which Reiki falls into. And I'm calling them now energy intensive. So it just depends on what's going on. We'll go into the records. We'll do some Reiki. We'll do some crystals. But I'm calling it that. But I will say I have putting that distinction in my Reiki classes because, yeah, I mean, Reiki is to bring the mind, body, spirit and emotions into balance. I remember one time I did have a student very early on and he did Reiki, you know, kept going, learning like, well, when am I going to get it? Like, well, when are you going to get what? When am I going to be able to have that psychic ability? Well, that's not really what it is. Right. That kind of thing. So, yeah, I hear you on that. And that is a good clarification for sure. Yeah. No, I do the same thing in my classes. I'm teaching Reiki 2 actually a Saturday and I teach it in Reiki 1 and I teach it in Reiki 2 and I'm very firm in that to keep Reiki really pure and to, to do exactly what you're doing. 
Yeah, no, I think it is important. But I guess it's time to go and close the show. Oh my goodness, the time went so fast. I know I do. And I love the conversation. We haven't really had a great chat like this in a long time, but I always like to come back and just kind of ask the question. And if you want to ask the question, that's fine too. But how would you say that this work with spirit, ghost, mediumship, Reiki, how can it help to empower us right now in humanity? Hmm. To know that we're not alone to know that life continues, to know that we're guided by our bigger force and by ourselves, that we have our own guide and our own spirit. Enjoy life. I think the one thing I want to say is one of the biggest things that, you know, when I connect with spirit, when someone has passed on, they never say they wanted a bigger house, they wanted a bigger car, they wanted to work harder. They say that they wanted to love more and they miss their family and they wanted to maybe be there more. Nobody has ever, ever said, I wanted a bigger house. I wanted more money. And it's really hard because in the human form, this is the things we do. But to realize and remind ourselves that life is precious and that life goes on and that we have this life to live right here, right now, and to enjoy it, really, and to know that we're guided, you know, especially now. Yeah, we're guided. I agree. And I feel that connection. You know, we are all one and our soul travels on and, you know, it continues on and on and on. For me, that's very empowering. You know, especially after going through the grief for my parents, it was like, that's what I held on to. That's what helped me to heal as I moved through each stage of grief, like, okay, another lifetime and look for those dreams and messages. But I do find that it becomes very comforting to our own humanness right now when we do the inner work, when we feel that empowerment, it creeps the depth for which we can live our lives. Yeah. I agree. Well, trick or treat. Trick or treat, smell my feet. (laughs) Give me something good to eat. No candy corn for me, right? Yeah, there we go. All right, T, I love you so much. Thank you you for being on this show. What a great conversation. A lot of fun. Your spirit. Namaste. Oh, thank you. Namaste. Always. I love it. I love it too. I love you. 